0: life is not my own. Lord to you I belong. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. Let's turn in our Bibles to Luke chapter 4 and again also in John chapter 20. We'll read two passages just one. Luke chapter 4 from the scripture that was read earlier. And I'm just going to read verses 18 and 19. Our text will focus on uh, 14 through 21, I believe it is, but for now, 18 and 19. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. This is what Jesus read in the synagogue. Uh, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then in John chapter 20. Thank you, Jesus. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. I want to talk about what it takes to be effective in this work. What it takes to be effective in this work. Lord, thank you. For this opportunity again to to proclaim your word as we give ourselves to you, show us what it takes to be effective in this work. Speak, Lord, for your servants here. Grant me a fresh anointing of your spirit so that I can minister your word effectively today. Thank you, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. What it takes to be effective in this work. Or we can say learning lessons from the ministry of Jesus. Amen. Yeah. Yesterday after the uh, evangelism training, I was home meditating on, on today. The Lord took my mind to a book that that my wife gave me years ago that's entitled, The Hole in Our Gospel. The Hole in Our Gospel. Uh, the, the, the concept behind um, the title of the book was this man who wrote the book Who uh, his name is Richard Stern. At that time, I assume he may be, I didn't look it up. He was at that time the president of World Vision. Most of you know vision is. Uh, And he said that while he was in seminary, he and a couple of his friends embarked on a project where they went through the Bible and they cut out every passage of scripture that tied into what Jesus said here. Every scripture that talked about the poor, that talked about uh, the prisoners, that talked about the blind, that talked about the oppressed. And they cut out so many, over 2,000 passages of scripture that left the Bible tattered. And it says that when he, whenever this man would speak, would hold up this Bible, and he would talk about the hole in our gospel, right? Because when we look at this and we look at what Jesus said and we see what the church is doing, there's a hole in our gospel. Amen. Hopefully I will embark, enlarge upon this as, as I go through. The gospel is good news. Alright? It is. Especially when you look at the ministry of Jesus, and, and you know, Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. But a lot of people don't consider themselves lost. You know? Uh, So when you look at what Jesus says here, you realize that the focus focus of his ministry, even though it included everybody, it was especially to the poor, to the brokenhearted, to the blind, to the dispossessed, to the prisoners, to those marginalized and mistreated in society. Amen. And this is good news. But for that good news to work, right, someone say for the good news to work. It must not only be proclaimed, but it must be demonstrated. Amen. We say it like this. Talk is cheap. <laughs> Amen. Talk is cheap. Amen. demonstration requires much more. And demonstration is much more effective. Amen. Maybe one day I'll just start doing it what I do every fifth Sunday. And just do more demonstration in my, in my, in my messages. Uh, but demonstration takes much more work. Demonstration takes great sacrifice. Amen. And when it is done, it inspires people to see the glory of God and desire and desire Jesus to be their Lord and their Savior. They desire to know them for them, know Him for themselves. It's like the scripture that we've used. We talked about it yesterday. In John 1, 1, 1.1. Well, that says in the beginning of the, it was the Word. The Word was with God. and The Word was God. And the Word became flesh. And moved into the neighborhood. Amen. Jesus Christ took on the form of a human being and moved into the neighborhood. And he says, and we beheld his glory full of... We saw with our own eyes his glory full of grace and full of truth. Amen. Now, we are the body of Christ, okay? And God has called us to move into the neighborhood and demonstrate him so that people who don't know him will see... His glory in our lives, full of grace and truth. And guess what? When they start seeing Jesus, what happened when you, really, when you really came to know Jesus? I mean, I'm not talking about you went to church and you heard a sermon. But when you came to know Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, unfortunately, a lot of people still come to church and they don't know Jesus. But you need to experience Jesus for yourself. You need to, you need to behold Jesus Amen, for yourself. You know, you need that experience where you you, 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 you begin uh, uh, to see Christ and and, and you behold his beauty, his glory, his holiness, His, 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 his power, his favor, his desire, his work, and you want him to be your Savior and your Lord. It goes beyond somebody witnessing to you and telling you, you need to accept Jesus as your Savior and your Lord. And people look at you and say, I don't need Jesus. I don't need Jesus. I'm fine just like I am. They're not really knowing that they're not fine, but from their perspective and they hear you judging them, I'm fine just like I am. Yeah, yeah. Um, So, Yeah. Uh, it takes great sacrifice when it's done, but it inspires people uh, to see the glory of the Lord, amen, and desire to know him for themselves. And that's what, that's what, we, what we really, we really, really, really want. We want to know Jesus, and we want people to know Jesus for themselves. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. That's what we really, 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 really want. I'm doing something here because it need. I need some help, Amen. So just, just bear with me. I, I intended to do this when I stood up. I got it now. All right, Hallelujah. Now, so in this book, in the very first chapter, and I've, I've read part of this book years ago. This book was copyrighted in 2009. But the Lord just laid it on my heart last night to pick up this book and start reading it again. And, um, we see Jesus demonstrating what he said, all right? We see Jesus. If you look at his life in ministry, we see him demonstrating this in his ministry. And then you see people following him, right? People follow Christ. Now, some of them followed him for the loaves and the fishes, for the bread and the miracles, but there were those who followed Christ because they got a revelation of who he was and his teaching resonated with them. Amen? Their lines were transformed, and many of them were set free by him. Many of them. Stern, the author of this book, contends that we have narrowed the gospel down to a simple transaction. Like checking a box on a bingo card. Anybody ever played bingo? Or putting a chip on the number that's called. We've narrowed the gospel down. We've narrowed it down to a single transaction. He says, in our efforts to make the good news accessible and simple, we boiled it down to a simple fire insurance that we buy. Y'all got that? I say, we've narrowed it down to a get out of hell card. Avoid hell card. If you don't want to go to hell, you need to accept Jesus as your Savior and Lord. But the gospel, the good news goes much farther and much deeper than avoiding hell. Amen. Amen. Now, when we talk about sacrifice, we are a busy society, but most of the time we are not busy in the things of God. Most of the time we are busy in the things that really don't matter to God or to the kingdom of God. And as such, we really don't have time to engage in the type of ministry that Jesus demonstrated. Now, you know, as I was, as I was doing this, you know, the Holy Spirit put a check in my spirit and said, you know, this is why. And this is the reason that the church has gotten to, you know, you have an institutional ministry, and the church pays the pastor salary because it's his job to do all of that work, not ours. We pay him to do that. We pay him to win all of the souls. We pray him to pray for all of the sick. We pray him to visit everybody in prison. We pray him, we pay him, and we pay the musician to always be there. You know, we can show up if we don't want to show up. We can do what we want to do, but we pay these people to do this work so we don't have to do it. And that's the mindset of people. You, know, you, you all may not feel like that now, you know, because you, you really can't pay your pastor. Amen. Thank God for the salary, but, but you know, you can't pay me for headache and heartache and loss of sleep and, 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 and disruption in family life and, and dealing with stress and everything else. You know, you, you, can't, you, can't pay, you can't pay for that. And I don't want to get into that because, you know, I was thinking about something and I said, now, Lord, help me. You know what you got to do? You, gotta, you have to speak to your mind and you have to say, mind, don't go there. You have to tell yourself, don't Go there because there is a place that will get you somewhere else that you don't need to be. Amen. Amen. But that's the mindset of institutionalized ministry. We pay these people to do that thing because really we are too busy doing our own thing to do that. But God has called all of us to be engaged in demonstrating it's not enough to talk about, but we must demonstrate this ministry that Jesus demonstrated. He didn't just proclaim it, He demonstrated it, and He taught His disciples to do the same thing. He taught His disciples to do the same thing. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're busy. We're busy. We're, we're busy. And we don't engage in the type of ministry anymore that turns the world upside down. We don't engage. In the, engage as a whole, in a ministry, amen, that transforms lives uh, and, and 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 makes disciples. No, we don't have time. We don't have time to do that. Mm. Lord, help us. Lord help us. Lord help us. You know, I said earlier that. Part of the problem that we're in today in this world, and I referenced Israel, is because people didn't do what God told them, told them to do from the beginning. I hope we hear that. And young parents who have children, I hope you hear that. Because when, you, when your children turn 18 and 19 and you decide that you should have did it a different way, it's a bit late. It's a bit late. Holy Spirit may move, prayerfully he will, and, and convert them. And when they get converted, hopefully they will raise their children in the way that God wants them to raise their children. But you can't wait until they're 15. You can't wait until 9 and 10 these days. Ooh. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> listen to what, what the testimony about each of us should sound like. Are you listening? 2 Corinthians 9 and 13, because of the service by which you approve yourselves, people will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel. Because of, 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 of the service by which you have proven yourselves, people will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession. Confession of the gospel. Now, now that scripture is actually talking about giving. All right. Paul is encouraging the Corinthians church to fulfill that commitment in giving. But but when you hear that, it can be applied to service of God, the service of the gospel, and, and as well as through giving. Because when we when we are engaged in this ministry, we are giving of ourselves. We just finished singing, Lord, I give myself away. Oh, that we lived up to everything we sang and said. Because when I give myself away, there's not anything in me to be offended. I just gave myself away. Are you hearing me? When I give myself away, there's no no feelings left in me to be hurt. Cause I gave myself away. Yeah. Yeah. Are you hearing me? Yeah. Yeah. And there's so many songs that we sing, and they're beautiful songs, they're wonderful songs that oh, all that we will live up to them. Yeah. Some of the sermons that we preach, all oh, that we will live up to them. Yeah. So, so yeah. Now, now, as I was reflecting and praying on this, the Lord led me to two passages of scripture that I just read, and I'm going to read them again. Uh, in the context of the message so that you can follow me, Jesus stood up and read, and he said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me uh, to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then I'll skip over to, to John where the Bible says, he breathed, he, he said, as my Father has sent me, even so I send you. First of all, he said, peace be with you. He said it twice. Uh, and then he, the Bible says, when he said that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit. At the beginning of his message, he talks about what the anointing was upon him to do. At the beginning of his ministry. At the end of his ministry, he's speaking to his disciples, and he says to them, as my Father sent me, even so I send you. And he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Christ has sent us into the world as he was sent. You know, the church today has a, this big, big to-do about apostles and apostolic ministry. Apostle basically means sent one. So when, when the book of Acts talks about, I mean, Corinthians, Acts and Corinthians talks about other apostles, it's not necessarily talking about those who saw Jesus because one of the criteria for being an apostle was that you were, you. when it talks about fulfilling Judas' bishopric, it had to be one who was there with them in the beginning. Meaning one who had seen Jesus and walked with Jesus. Alright. Now, Paul met Jesus on the road to Damascus. He had a personal encounter with Jesus. So we get, we get all this big to do today in the church about apostolic ministry. And being an apostle basically means a sent one. So every, every missionary is an apostle. And so the Lord doesn't want us fighting over a title. You know what the Lord wants us doing? What does he want us doing? God wants us doing the work. We are a part of an apostolic ministry. Christianity is an apostolic ministry because Jesus was the first apostle who was sent into this world. And he says, as my father sent me, I am sending you. The Lord was really simple in the things he taught. And he gave us a ministry to fulfill, but we put all of these criteria and built blocks around things so, you know, it makes it difficult for us to do the work because if I don't call you who you call yourself, now you are offended, but you gave yourself away. (laughs) You don't believe me. Years ago, I got a phone call from a man because one of our members addressed his wife, who we had known from the time they grew up, and he called her by her first name. And this man called me offended because this brother didn't call this lady that he had known from the time that he grew up, apostle. I tell my sisters and my brothers, I am still Alfred. I tell my first cousins, and those are, I'm still Alfred. Now, not the younger first cousin needs to call me Cousin Alfred. You know, I believe you ought to put a handle on things, you know. I tell my classmates when we get together, I said, listen, I am still, I appreciate the respect, but I am still Alfred. So you calling everybody else by their first name and we're together, don't put a handle on my name. Amen. That was a time, saints, I got so sick of people. They couldn't call me anything but bishop, bishop, bishop. And I wanted to hear Alfred sometimes. (laughs) And somebody said, well, you got to appreciate, I appreciate the position, but sometimes the undue attention is not good. Sometimes you just want to be a person. You want to be a person that people sees. You want to be a person that people sees with feelings, with hurts, with pains, with needs and you don't want to be held in this great high position because you know people will hold you up and they will put you down. So sometimes you just want to be around people who, are, who appreciate who you are and the anointing that's on your life but see you as an individual. Jesus was not apostle Jesus. He was not, we call Paul Apostle Paul, but the people called him Paul. But now we're offended when people, but we gave ourselves away. Okay. Yeah, we gave ourselves away. Yeah. Now, when we look at these scriptures, and I really want to run through this fast, and I want you to get it. So, you know, it's like, you know, if you get in a call with me and you got to go somewhere, just know I'm going to drive, if I'm on the interstate, 10 miles over the speed limit because that's what the law allows. Amen. So I'm going fast this morning. Praise the name of Jesus, all right? So so so, Jesus, as my Father has sent me, even so I send you. I'm coming back to this, all right? Uh, in the beginning of his ministry, he says the Spirit of the Lord is on me. And we see the five purposes of Jesus' ministry in this. To preach the good news to the poor, to proclaim freedom to the prisoners, to the recovery of sight to the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Okay, Now, now, now the Bible says here, I'll come back to that in a moment. The Bible says here, then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The Bible says the eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say to them, today the scripture's fulfilled in your hearing. Okay? I want you to notice that. Because after he said this, their eyes were fixed on him. They remained on Jesus. They remained on every word that he said. His exposition of the text was very brief. When he says, today, the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. They're looking at him. The eyes are fixed on him. As 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 I thought about that, I realized how important it is that if we are to understand Jesus, if we are to understand his ministry and what we are supposed to do as his disciples, we need our eyes fixed on him. I need to see Jesus. I need to see who He is, what He did, so I'll know who I am supposed to be and what I am supposed to be doing. We need to see Jesus. You know, several years ago, we went back through discipleship training so we could help people see Christ, see Him, see Him, see Him in His fullness, see Him in His cultural upbringing, see His character, uh, see His grasp on Scripture. And commitment to the Father. Did you get that? His grasp on Scripture. How many of us are still struggling with grasping Scripture? Don't ever tell yourself what you can't do. Don't say, I can't memorize Scripture. Just start memorizing it. Amen. Do I have any witnesses in here? Just start memorizing it. Do you know Jesus wept? That's Scripture. Amen. Can you memorize that? Amen. Can you remember? Can you memorize? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. That scripture, you learned it as a child. Now you build from where you are. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. You don't go to the gym starting trying to lift 200 pounds. Get your 10 pound weight and lift it. Praise the name of Jesus. Yeah. We got to see him. We got to see him. Now, 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 Jesus proclaimed. He proclaimed the word but more importantly Jesus embodied, he embodied the word. He embodied what he said. Therefore everything he was anointed to do proceeded from his very being. Do you understand what I'm saying? He didn't just get the word and memorize it but he embodied it. So everything he did proceeded out of who he was, what he had embodied. This is really giving yourself away. Because you can memorize the word and tomorrow cuss somebody out. But when you embody it, well, I saw this video on, on this reel the other day, and this man up preaching talking about, I'm in transition. And said, Yeah, I will skirt the church, but I'm in transition. Yeah. Could oh, not see y'all, y'all got that one, huh? but get the rest of it. You know, he went on. Maybe, you know, I don't know what he did, but anyhow. So he went on and he said, yeah. He said, yeah, I preach the gospel, but my mouth ain't completely saved yet, so I might cuss you out. I said, okay now, okay now. You know, people buying into this, you know, people liking this, because folk like that, you know, this generation, some of these folks this is real stuff. Yeah, this is real, because that's where you are, and that's where you want to stay. You got to stop wanting to be there. When you embody the gospel, this is we're talking about transformation, when you wipe your hard drive clean, clean on your computer, amen, and you put in new data, new stuff, that old stuff is gone. Amen. Amen. And if you try, if your computer has a virus on it, listen now, if your computer has a virus on it and you try to use it, everything on your computer is infected. So if I get in this pulpit and I preach the wrong thing, everybody's listening to me will get infected. So there's a danger in this realness that people are pushing today with people who've not embodied the gospel yet. You got to embody this thing. Amen. I ain't get too many amens. Amen. You, you, Jesus said to Nicodemus, you must be what? born again. He didn't say half born. He didn't. Anytime you, you take your cake out of the oven, it's supposed to cook an hour. You take it out 30 minutes because it has risen and it looks pretty. What's going to happen? And you cut into it. You got a half baked cake. Now let's embody this gospel. Amen. When you cut into me, I'm going to cut back because I hadn't embodied it. But once I embody the gospel, you slap me on one cheek and I'll turn the other. When you embody it, and the Lord is calling us to embody this. He's calling us to embody this. You can be real. Yeah, you can be real, but your realness needs to stay in the right place. You ain't ready yet. You ain't ready yet to be preaching to people. You're not ready yet to be teaching people, hold on, sit down, wait a little while. Let the Holy Ghost do some work in you. Amen. Let the Holy Ghost transform you. Let the Holy Ghost change your mind. I'm not saying you're going to be perfect, just like I have to tell myself, don't go there. Thoughts will come. And you tell yourself, don't go there. You can't do that. You can't say that. That's the Holy Ghost. That is not the flesh. Because the flesh will push you to go there. The flesh will have you going beyond the Holy Ghost. Ooh, yeah. He he didn't just proclaim it. He embodied it. He embodied his words. Amen, amen, amen. And because of that, he fulfilled what he was sent to do and was able to say on the cross, it is finished. Ooh. Now keep in mind that the fulfillment of his mission came out of his being. Are you hearing why I'm going with this? The fulfillment of his mission came out of his being. Jesus focused in ministry, his Jesus' focus in ministry was on the oppressed, on the downtrodden, the marginalized in society, and whatever. He came uh, <clears throat> to recover what evil forces in society had stolen from them to restore to them their proper value amen and 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 place in god and society this is what he came to do you know now okay so um, check out what we're teaching on Wednesday night amen and Thursday night amen uh, and 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 know what jesus came to do all right so so you hear his words the, his words the spirit of the lord is upon me because he has anointed me all right uh uh, uh. Along with, 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 with preaching good news to the poor, uh, you hear the words freedom, recovery, release, proclaim. Proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. The year of the time, of, it's referring to the year of Jubilee in Leviticus 25 and 10. Okay, a year of universal release for persons and property, and Jesus is saying the Spirit of the Lord is upon me to do this. I am not simply concerned about people dying and going to heaven. I'm concerned about what they're do, how they're living in the here and the now. And the Spirit of the Lord has anointed me to bring change, to bring release, Amen, in people's lives, to bring uh, to to help them understand who they are in God, so that they can. Be free. And his words to his disciples, as my father sent me, even so I send you. And he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Science, this ministry is in and through the in-working and the out-working of the Holy Spirit. When we think about what Jesus came to do, and you look at his life, and you see the time he spent investing in people. You can understand why the writer of the book says we have reduced the gospel to a simple transaction. And we want people saved right here and right now. We don't want to develop caring-lasting relationships with people that help them develop a re- see Christ in us and develop a relationship with Christ. That happens over time. We don't have time for that today, and so we have a we have a church that comes for worship, but doesn't have much time for anything else. Do you realize? 26, 27, seven. What is it? Nineteen ninety seven. 1994 7 to 2023 26 years of ministry and for some of you 40 something years of sitting under my teaching some of you are just really grasping some things but yet we want people to be disciples overnight it's so easy to go and pass out a track. Oh, we went evangelizing today. We passed out tracks in Walmart's parking lot. Hadn't talked to a soul. Didn't get anybody's phone number. How many people in here need somebody to teach them the word? Need somebody to walk with them. But we want this to happen overnight. We don't see this in Jesus' ministry. He said to his disciples, as he called each one of them, come, follow me, I will make you fishers of men. Two and a half years they walked with Jesus. When he was crucified, even Peter, who, the one who said, Lord, I'll never. If everybody else fall away from you, Lord, I will never. Away from you. That very night, Jesus had prophesied it. Because Jesus knows what's in man. He said, before the cock cross, you have denied me three times. You see, we're like Peter. We have this high estimation of ourselves. We've given ourselves away until the wrong thing happens. And then we hear the rooster crows. I wish we could hear some rooster crowing. (sighs) The church has to come back The entire body of Christ must get back to fixing our eyes on Jesus. We need to see Jesus again. We need to behold Jesus. We need to behold Jesus' ministry. And we need to behold him until we discover him and become like him in who we are and in our actions to one another and to the world. Because the anointing that was upon Jesus, and I need to come back to this one too, is the same anointing that's supposed to be on us. So we're supposed to be proclaiming the good news to the captives. We're supposed to be ministering the cover of sight to the blind. We're supposed to be setting the prisoners free. We're supposed to be doing this, and it's not going to happen overnight. For, for most of us, we're like, how in the world can I do that? But again, this ministry is happens through the inwork and in the outwork of the Holy Spirit. In and, and Philippians chapter two, verse thirteen, the Bible says, "For it is not for it is God who works in you both to will and to do His good pleasure." The Amplified Version says it like this: "For it is quote unquote not your strength, but it is God who is effectively at work in you." both to will and to work, that is, strengthening, energizing, and creating in you the longing, we talked about passion yesterday, the longing and the ability to fulfill your purpose, and your purpose in this life is what God has ordained and sent you to do, for his good pleasure not for yours, not for yours, it's God that does the work. So this is through the in working and out of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Not what we do. Because we're not going to do this on our own. We're not going to do it on our own. We can't do it in our own strength. We don't even have the desire in and of ourselves. We don't want to be bothered with people with sharing the gospel. In and of ourselves, we don't. No, we only want to deal with who we want to deal with. We want to deal with our family. We want to deal with our friends, our associates, that group we've been hanging around for all of, that's who we want to deal with. We'll fall out with them after a while. In and of ourselves, in the natural, in the natural, we don't want to embody this gospel. In the natural, we don't want this. Oh. I forgot to stop. I'm I'm working on this thing. Amen. In the natural, we don't. The natural mind is what? Enmity to the spirit. The natural hates the things of the spirit. Don't sit there and tell yourself, oh, I want to embody the gospel. Not Not in the natural mind, you don't. I don't want to tell you what you want to do in the natural mind. It's not my place. In my natural mind, I know what I want to do. I wouldn't want to be standing here preaching right now in my natural mind. Mm -mm. Just let me go to the beach and let me lay out. In my natural mind, thank God I'm not in my natural mind. Are Are you listening? In and of ourselves, we will not take the time. We will not make the sacrifices to do the work of God effectively. In and of ourselves, we're not going to do that. The natural mind is enmity to the spirit. The flesh is too strong. The sin nature is too strong. The will, the mind, the emotions are too strong. Our natural way of thinking is too strong. Our wills are too strong. Our cultural heritage, the way we were brought up, is too strong, too ingrained in us, in our subconscious, and the enemy is too crafty. We will not do this in and of ourselves. We won't do it. We won't do it. That's why when you go back into carnality, You don't do what God wants you to do. You don't do what God wants you to do. You don't say what God wants you to say. When you get back into carnality, Holy Spirit is not going to tie you. You have to surrender to him. You have to allow him to do what he wants to do in your life. He's not going to bind you up and make you obey him. Am I speaking the truth? Anybody? Yes, Lord, thank you, Jesus. Amen. This work is Holy Spirit inspired. Amen. This is Holy Spirit empowered. It takes him working in us, creating the desire and giving us the ability to do this work. We will not do it in our natural selves. Amen. Jesus even said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me. Remember, Jesus came in the form of a man. So in, the, in, in human flesh, Jesus would not have done what he did. But because the Holy Spirit empowered him, because of who he was and the Holy Spirit empowered him, he did what he did. He embodied the gospel And he demonstrated the gospel. Saints of God, the Lord is calling you and me to embody this. We can sit under the preaching and teaching for years, but until we embody this, we will not demonstrate it. We will only go so far, and then we'll be ready to stop. We will get tired. We will get tired. We will get discouraged in the flesh. You'll get discouraged. But when the anointing of the Lord is on your life and you embody this gospel, you will do this gospel. Amen. When you embody this, you will do. Now you can argue with the point if you want to, but start embodying it. The word is spirit, and it is life. So when the word is in me, his word is spirit. His word is life. He infuses my spirit with his spirit. He gives me his life. As I embody his life, that becomes my life. Now I say, my life is not my own. To you I belong. Doesn't mean that the struggle doesn't end, that the struggle has ended. Because the devil is always at you. But you surrendered. You humbled yourself and you surrendered. So now it's not what you want to do. I didn't come to do my own will. I'm not here to do my own will. Jesus said, I'm here to do the will of him who sent me. Jesus said, I don't have my own agenda. Jesus said, I didn't come to glorify myself. I came to glorify God. I came to do his will. Saints, this is what it takes to do this work. It takes seeing Jesus. It takes being in the place where you behold him and you understand him and you receive him and you receive his spirit and you allow Holy Spirit to do his work through you as you embody the gospel. That's what God is calling us to. Remember, we're not going to do this kind of ministry in and of ourselves. We will give up. We will quit. Apart from the anointing of the Spirit of God, and the embodying of His Word in our lives. Let's stand. Let's let's sing that song again. Come on, first thing. There might be someone who wants to give your life to Jesus. Think about your life. Think about how you live. Listen. If you can, you're listening, separate what you may know about church and Christianity from what the Bible says. Because sometimes we look at what we've seen with our natural eyes growing up in church. And we're not going by what the Bible says. Do you remember Jesus said your traditions have made the word of God of non-effect. A lot of times, what we've learned growing up and what we've seen from people who say that they're Christians is completely different from what the Bible says. So, if you can separate that and focus on what the Bible says, and don't just say that your spirit feels everybody can say it and we can go even go on the fact that when we received Jesus his spirit came to live in us but how much of Holy Spirit how much of you does Holy Spirit have today even if when you accepted Christ he came to live in you how much of you does he have how much of you has embodied Christ. How much of your daily life is an embodiment of the gospel? Of what Jesus taught? The way Jesus lived? The sacrifices that Christ makes? As as our praise team ministers this song, if you need to come to the altar, the altar is open. want to give your life to Jesus? Do you want to rededicate your life to Jesus? Do you want to begin the process of embodying the gospel? Because this work is not for a select few. This work is for every one of us. Everyone who's named the name of Jesus and said, Jesus, you're my Lord. Jesus, you're my Savior. This work is for every one of us. This life is for every one of us. do you need to rededicate do you need to recommit to the lord do you need to say another yes to the Lord the altar is open do you want to give yourself away to the lord it's not my own to you I belong. Give myself I give myself to you. Life is not my own. My life is not my own. I, I give myself I give myself to you. What does that mean to you? As you sing there, what does it mean to you? What does it mean when it comes to your time? When it comes to your gifts and your abilities? What does it mean when it comes to your resources? What does it mean when it comes to your interactions with people? What does it mean when it comes to your attitude? To your actions? To your reactions? Maybe you need to come to the altar. Maybe you need to say another yes to the Lord. If you're watching us online, I pray that this message has has found a place in your life and spoken to your heart Because there's work for the body of Christ to do. There is no distinction between being a follower of Christ who does his work and being a Christian who just sits down. No. We're all called to the work of the Lord. We're saved for the work of the Lord. His anointing should be in our lives and on our lives for his work not for our glory, not to make us popular. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's lift our hands before the Lord. So Father, thank you for your word and the power of your word. Thank you, Lord, that when your word goes forth, it doesn't return to you void, but it accomplishes all that you desire. Thank you for prospering your word and the things that you sent your word to. So thank you for sending your word to us today. Thank you for challenging us to embody your word, to see you, to know you, to understand you, to embrace you, so we can embody you and your word. Holy Spirit, thank you for being available to fill us and to empower us and to enable us to do your work. Forgive us, Lord, for being in ourselves and following our own minds. Forgive us for our stubbornness and rebelliousness, for going our own way and establishing our own forms of righteousness. Forgive us for the times that we reject you and reject your word and reject your calls to us to repentance Forgive us. Lord, open the eyes of our understanding so that we will know your mighty power and the hope of your calling in our lives so that we will give ourselves holy to you. The fields are white. They're ready They're ripe for the harvest. Lord, help us to be at work. And Lord, send more laborers. Send more laborers who've given themselves to you into your harvest. Thank you now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you're watching me online and you want to give your life to Christ, we want to give you, give you the opportunity to do that. There is a place in God's will for you. You were born into this world to be a part of what God is doing in this world. You, if you want to make that decision for Christ today, I want to give you that opportunity to do so. There's anybody in the sanctuary would like to give your life to Christ I want to give you that opportunity to do so now. Or if there's anyone who's looking for a church home and the spirit of the Lord has said you should connect with this ministry. If you're watching us online, the information is posted for you to write to us so that we can so we'll know what your intentions are and we can follow up with you. But if you're unsaved today and you want to give your life to Jesus, now, now remember that that we're not talking about giving your life to Jesus so you can avoid hell. No, we're talking about giving your life to Jesus so you can receive his life and be a part of making life better for others, advancing his kingdom in the earth realm, being Christ-like in the earth realm and doing what Christ has called you to do. If you're not saved and you want to give your life to Jesus, it starts right here. Pray this prayer of confession with me, but follow up by writing to us and letting us know of your intention, so that we can follow up with you. Repeat after me, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I cannot save myself. I've heard the message today. I know that, there's a, that there is a calling on my life to yield my life to you so that I can embody you and your word. Be your disciple and be a part of advancing your kingdom. Thank you, Jesus, for satisfying the righteous requirement of the law on my behalf. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. I receive you now. Thank you for saving me. I pray that you've been blessed by the message. And if you have, write to us. Let us know how this message has impacted your life on the ground in Liberia, Malawi, Burkina Faso, Ghana, Guinea, uh, Kenya, and Dominican Republic. So if you'd like to help us in this work, feel free to sow a seed to help further the preaching and teaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the expanding of the kingdom of God. If you would like to give, go to topraise.org forward slash give. Again, thank you for tuning in